0: Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Pursuit of Life. This is episode number five. My name is Dave Hazelwood, and I'm excited to have you joining me today. Today we're meeting my special guest, Vanessa Bennett. Vanessa is the co-founder of Next Evolution Performance, a global high-performance coaching business focused on helping you to maximize performance and decrease your overall effort to ensure that high performance is sustainable. If you find your energy and performance levels going up and down over time, and if you're struggling to juggle work and athletic performance, this episode is for you. Vanessa provides strategies that will help you better manage your training and professional workload, ensuring your performances are more consistent, and allowing you to achieve more in all areas of your life. For all the resources and tools mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at knightswood.com.au forward slash episode 5. Now, let's get into the interview. Um, Now, the first question I had for you, Vanessa, is what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: (laughs) I don't think that anyone knows the answer to that question very well. (laughs) I know I certainly didn't. Um, But I do remember back when I was doing the HSC, I was kind of torn. I had quite a few sleepless nights working out whether I should do business or whether I should do psychology. And I guess my father, being a chartered accountant, kind of pushed me into more of the business (laughs) side of things. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was interested in in business and economics and things like that. So I thought, okay, well, look, we'll do that and and we'll figure it out. And uh, so I ended up working in that area for quite some time. And I was very happy working in finance for so many years. And uh, but on the side, I think I was always. Really interested in psychology as well. And so I ended up doing a lot of, uh, a lot of my own study on psychology and, uh, coaching. And then of course, when neuroscience started to come in, uh, positive psychology that started to come in, started to do a lot more of my own research on that. And I just thought it was a fascinating area. And quite frankly, it was really, really interesting for leading teams. So I used one of those principles while I was managing the team you know, throughout the global financial crisis and uh and realised that that was actually then what I what I wanted to do. So I can I'm pretty sure that back when I was at school there was no job such as high performance coach. <laughs> <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> so and I'm pretty sure anyone leaving school at the moment certainly doesn't know like their job probably doesn't even exist that they're going to get into um but yeah so that's really that was really sort of how I how I got into that I just found that I I was just getting more and more interested in the coaching space and uh and started to want to do more of that
1: that's quite funny because I actually studied psychology at uh, at uni and ended up working in business <laughs>
0: I think they're very closely related.
1: I well, and now is. we've got behavioural psychology and behavioural yeah. finance coming in and uh, they all seem to be That's coalescing. Awesome.
0: It, it totally is. And I think they're, you know, I think they're very much aligned. So I don't think you can go wrong with doing either. I think they they both mix in and I think anyone who has a job dealing with humans, it's, you know, you need that. So I don't think it's something that uh, that psychology is completely you know, a strange thing to get into. I think that, that make, makes total sense yep. uh, given that you're dealing with people, you're dealing with investors, you're dealing with people's emotions, all of these kind of things. I think it puts you in great stead for, yep.
1: uh, for financial planning.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, now, second question is what is your sporting love?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so my sporting love is, uh, well, a bit of both. so it's, it's running. So I, I run. That's probably the thing that I do off my own bat and I tend to do 10Ks or half marathons. Uh, so that's probably the thing that I love to do. And obviously teaching classes is a big thing for me as well. So teaching classes at the gym was just something that I thought I would get into for a few years while I was at university and I'm still teaching. So uh, <laughs> so I really, really love that as well. So that's probably still my priority. So my running kind of fits in around my teaching rather than the other way around.
1: Yeah, okay. And have you done any, uh, any of the halves overseas? Because I know you travel regularly.
0: You done any yes. of the big I- ones? Yeah, no, interestingly enough, I haven't. I wouldn't mind doing, a, it's a half marathon in New York in March. I think it's yeah. like the New York Striders that put that one on. So I wouldn't mind doing that at some stage. But no, I've done mostly uh, Sydney and Melbourne for this stage. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you'll have to, if you can tie one of those in, yeah, New York is, yeah. I haven't done the half, but I've done the marathon and that's amazing. And I can only yeah. imagine the half's the same.
0: Yeah, well, the half is a different route. The half is just city-based, but you yeah. end up going, like you do a bit through the park, you go down through Times Square, you end up down, um, I think, on Riverside, uh, down that way. So, yeah, that would be pretty cool.
1: Now, you had a successful career in in business mm-hmm. and had managed to combine that with your love of health and fitness as well. So why, why the big jump? Why go and start your own business and add to all the stresses and you know, all the rest of it? <laughs>
0: I know I love it when I I meet people in corporate and they go oh you remember when you had that big crazy stressful job and how hard it was I'm like I will raise you your big cushion corporate (laughs) job (laughs) because running your own business you've no idea (laughs) Um, so yes you would think I would have tried to keep it a bit crazier. uh no I just found that I was getting the thing that I really loved about what I was doing. So I was head of sales uh, for a global funds management business and I was doing all of that during the global financial crisis. So markets fell 40% and our billion dollar target for the year did not fall by 40%. Um, and I think what I really had to buckle down and realize was that I need to keep my team believing that they can get their goals I need to keep my team from getting burnt out because if we lose anyone for any sort of stress leave or they just don't want to be there anymore for whatever reason, um, I wasn't going to be able to give I wasn't going to be given the headcount to be able to replace them. So I really needed to make sure that people were happy, healthy and productive regardless of the bloodbath that was going on in financial markets at the time. And, um, and I felt like the way that we really lifted people up during that time and coach people to lift themselves up. Um, I thought, you know what, it's definitely something here. And, of course I did, you know, what leaders are meant to do and basically make themselves redundant, which is kind of what I felt like I did. So I kind of went, you know what, this coaching piece about um, helping people to achieve more with less effort and less burnout, that's something that is missing in the corporate space. And people are now being asked to do more with less because we're not going back to the resourcing levels that we were in 2007. Um, and people are stressed and people are sick of being stressed, but they don't know an alternative way to do things. And so that was a bit that I saw was missing with the corporates. And that was also the bit that I saw was missing with small businesses like financial advisors who I used to do a lot of work with previously. Um, and I thought, you know what, this is missing. No one's really doing this that, that has got both, fitness experience as well as strong leadership and business experience and people don't want someone who's just gotten really burnt out and now they coach because that's not very inspiring and people don't want someone who hasn't had a billion dollar target on their shoulders during a global financial crisis because they want someone who walked in their shoes so we kind of looked at it and went you know what I've got you know that's a certain level of skill set that you know people have but it's not that many people. So I'm pleased to say that the coaches that we have working with us, um, that's very much what we require. You know, if you've been really burnt out, and so therefore you resort to coaching, that's not, we need people who have done this, and we need people who have done this successfully. And that was where I saw the gap in the market. So I was 95% sure I was onto something, and I was 5% absolutely wetting myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but if you don't make a jump feeling like that, then yeah, (laughs) there's something wrong anyway, isn't there? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Everyone would do it if it was that, (laughs) uh, if it was that certain. (laughs)
0: Exactly. So I thought, you know what? We're just going to have to make this work. And I was lucky. Like, I mean, I had, I had sales skills, obviously. That was my job for, for many years. So I thought, well, you know, it's just, we've got to, we've just got to package this and, and look at a way that we can help people in this way. And it was just something that I saw was more of a calling and a bit necessary. I was just sick of people around me, you know, pretending like just well, not even pretending, but, you know, thinking just how busy, 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 busy and important they were and they were idiots not doing anywhere near as productive as they could be, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> So, and not only that, they were getting probably, you know, I, I joke about that. But the thing that really tore me up was these people ended up getting really sick. Mm. And you just don't need to. And it's just that they didn't know, they didn't know how not to do it. And I think I was so blessed by working in the fitness industry all through my corporate career because I learned how to do the corporate thing without getting burnt out. And to this day, I'm so grateful for that. And I thought, well, if everyone else doesn't have the luxury of being able to work in the fitness industry at the same time to get this stuff, well, then it's almost like a bit of a calling that I have to help people stop getting sick and stop getting, um, you know, so burnt out that they're just not living great lives. And it's just horrible to see that.
1: Hi, it's Dave here with a quick word from our sponsor. Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specialises in working with successful business professionals who share a passion for endurance sports. People often come to us for one of three reasons. One, you aren't where you thought you'd be financially at this point in your life. Two, you seem to have no time to get a proper handle on your finances. And three, you may be annoyed that you're paying so much for life insurance, but you're fitter and healthier than the average punder and you wonder why it should cost you so much. Underlying all of this is often a concern that you may be wasting your opportunities and not maximizing all of your hard work. We have a five-step process we take you through, which will help you develop a plan that you're confident will get you to where you want to be financially, simplify your affairs and take much of the hassle off your hands, and show you how you can be rewarded for looking after yourself and your family. For more details, head to knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. Um, Now, Vanessa, you've worked with a lot of successful business people, as you said, plenty of whom also compete at a high level in their chosen sport. Why do you think the two often go so well together? Mm.
0: <laughs> I think it's it's not a case of they go so well together. I think it's absolutely almost mandatory. You know, I think that people who understand that the brain-body connection, you know, you've got such such an important connection that we now know a lot more scientific evidence about. So 20 years ago, we didn't know so much about the brain-body connection. Now we absolutely know that when you move, something simple like that releases oxytocin that combats cortisol. Cortisol is your stress hormone, which if it stays with you for too long, you've got all sorts of problems from an immune system point of view. So it's almost like people who, who are very high achievers physically are far more likely to be high achievers mentally. And there's a lot of mental things that we can take across from the sporting field to apply into the workplace. To achieve our performance as well. So I, I don't think it's, it's a coincidence. I think that most people that I meet, even if I meet them in business, I know that they generally are fairly good on the, on the physical side of things and vice versa. If I meet people, you know, a lot of people that I meet at the gym, um, might end up becoming clients because they've got really successful jobs as well. It just depends on which side I happen to meet them in.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm. When you see these people, though, because you, you talk about a lot of them becoming clients as well, one way or another. Yeah. What's yeah. the most common mistake you see in them when they're trying to trying to juggle everything? I mean, they're, they're ultra competitive in, in business. They're ultra competitive in sport. They want to do well in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the most common mistakes you see them making to, to try and pull all that together?
0: Yeah, we find that uh, perfectionistic traits
1: are really common. So it's like they want
0: to be great in their physical side of things and the um the sporting that they're doing. They want to really, really achieve at everything else. And then of course you throw family and friends in there as well. And um and I think uh this perfectionistic tendencies can lead to a lot of anxiety and things like that. And so quite often you end up spending energy on feeling guilty because you feel like you should be somewhere else. Um, and so that can take a lot of energy from people, um, but it's also uh, they try to take on too much. So it's often around, I, I, I love the saying, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And so often they start to take on too much. They might start to train too hard, which is not great for their immune system. You've got to have that beautiful, happy medium between training enough to get your, the training effects to your body. But you also don't want to uh, go over the edge and, and have problems with your immune system and things like that, which is sometimes what we see in elite athletes. Um, so it's about helping them to, try to make sure that they're really focusing on the things that are important and not saying yes to everything, and that's okay. Okay.
1: So if I'm sitting here nodding my head listening to you say yes, I recognise all that, <laughs> 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 what, should, <laughs> what should I be doing to try and change? What should I focus on to try and change?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. What we, one of the, uh, the things that we do with our clients is we get them to re- get really clear on setting their context. So, and context can be something that you do over the course of a year. Um, It could be something that you're just doing for literally the next couple of days to get you through to a certain level. Um, Mm -hmm. It could be over the course of a week or a couple of months. And context is, for want of a better word, think about focus. You know, if there was one thing that you really had to focus on above all else, what would that be? And it just helps you to prioritize. So for example, if you've got an event coming up and you know that six weeks before that is going to be one of your main focuses, well, then you need to start thinking about how can I, how can I juggle work so that I don't feel like that's timed with, um, with anything that's going on that's just completely crazy at work. So it's about knowing when the events are further in advance and picking the time so that you can kind of juggle things accordingly. Um, so even for you know, if I'm, if I'm doing a half marathon, I know that the six weeks leading up to that is quite intense because I just, I have to get the runs in, you know, rain, hell, shine, travel, work, travel, all that kind of stuff. The running has to be done. So what I try to do is keep the work travel to a minimum during that time, if I can, um, and just do the bare minimum that I absolutely need to do in that time. And, And and bizarrely enough, you have more control than you think. When you know that these things are coming up in advance, you can control it. Even for me, with learning choreography for the gym, when I teach my classes, I need to, every three months, we get new choreography that comes out. And that's quite a large time investment for me. So I kind of go, okay, well, if I've got to spend that week being quite intense on the choreography, I don't really want to be doing a lot of stuff outside of work hours during that time because I need that time to do that. I might even pull back a little bit and, um you know, if I, if I happen to have an afternoon free where I would normally be doing a workshop or something like that and that's not on, I won't make an extra effort to fill that time. So that I might be able to sneak an extra few hours doing that kind of thing. So it's about planning and kind of going, I can't do everything. Um, I'm moving house coming up in three weeks time. You know, I know that I'm, I know, yeah. I know that that kind of stuff is going to take energy. So it's like, okay, just clear the diary for that day and just factor things around. So the more that you can plan in advance what your year looks like in terms of the busy times, whether it's training or work wise, you know, I always say that, you know, if work's particularly busy at a certain time of year, well, then maybe that's just, that's an event that I can't do. Like there are plenty of half marathons I can run if it just turns out that. One's going to be in a particularly busy time of year. Well, you know what? I can go to Melbourne and do another one down there. Yep. So, you know, it, it's, it's just going easy on yourself and going, you know what? I want to focus on work in that particular period and I want to focus on training in that particular period and that's okay not to go 110% at both at any one time. And yep. the more planning you have, the more that you can juggle it.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's great. We've actually, um, we've got a a marathon toolkit to help people plan for that. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that we've, we've put in there as well is just trying to work out, well, yeah, what is your workload going to look like? And what is your, um, your training schedule going to look like for that block? Mm -hmm. So that, um, you know, even if it means, you know, I know when I'm doing things, I've got, you know, days where I've got harder runs than others. And it might just mean in the morning, I've got to block out a certain period of time where I can't do face to face meetings Mm -hmm. because I'm, I know I'm going to be wiped out for the first couple of hours, and just need that time to recover and do something else that's yeah that's less important than uh, than actually sitting down with someone. So yeah, that's that's really good to hear coming from you as well.
0: No, absolutely, and I think the other thing is also just being able to manage your energy properly. A lot of people don't understand what gives them energy and what takes it, and uh, people need to be more aware as to the times of the day during the day, especially at work, that it works for them to do particular tasks. So a lot of people just focus on what's next on my to-do list. Whereas in actual fact, we've usually got quite a few things on the to-do list and we have quite a few different exercises that people can do to help understand, well, when is the best time of the day to do your heavy tasks, your medium tasks and your light tasks? Um, what are those heavy, medium and light tasks? When is the best time of the day to do them? All of these kind of things that we help people do because when you're juggling work and training, you don't want to be spending an extra minute at work that you don't have to. So we want to help people get the best results possible at work in the shortest amount of
1: time so that they can then go and drink. Have you got tools that can help people work through that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. They take a bit of explaining and we use them a lot in our workshops and in our, um, and in our one-to-one coaching programs, but it's absolutely a big focus. We have, um, when it comes to energy maximization, we've got three tools. You've got physical, mental and neural. And the physical side of things, we don't normally have to help too many people on because most high performers are doing that kind of stuff anyway, which is fine. Um, but the, the neural and the mental piece, we tend to do a lot of work with. So the neural piece is around using neuroscience, which is how your brain functions to understand how you should better be working at work during the day. So that is things like if you've got a short attention span, we help you to work with that instead of working against it. If you've got a long attention span, we help you to work with that instead of against it. So that all these things feel natural. If you're in person, how to work with that, instead of against it. If you're not a morning person, don't try to be. So it's all these kind of things that we help people. So when people are managing the, managing their energy according to the neural tools that we have, they generally are able to come up with at least an extra two to three hours of effective time per day. Wow. So yeah, it's it's a massive difference, you know, just because people don't understand how to manage their energy because no one's been taught that way. And we use athletics based principles in to manage your mental energy. So it shouldn't come as any surprise to athletes, which is great when we're focusing on athletes. Um, so it shouldn't come as any surprise to them. But it's, it's really interesting. I've actually coached people who have been Olympians, and yet they never thought to do this on their own. So, yeah, when I explain it to them and what we do, like, oh, that's just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. But, of course, the Olympians, they've been in a situation where they haven't even been – they don't really – understand this behind what they do they're just they're just told what to eat when to eat when to train you know everything's done for them and they just do it so when it comes to them actually deciding to plan things for themselves um they kind of don't know as much how to do that um and so we need to really make sure that people people understand the mental side of things how to manage their energy
1: fantastic okay um Now, I know we've got – we don't have much time left. So what I'm going to ask you for is a challenge for listeners. So we've spoken about the challenge of juggling professional workload with training and competing and the mistakes that people often make in trying to achieve this. So what I want you to do is issue a challenge to listeners, so something they can do over the next week that will help them improve their performance across these areas. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things which is really – it sounds really small, um, but on the mental side of things, often we get to the point where we're trying to juggle everything. Oh, I have to train. I have to do work. I have to do this. I have to get this done. I have to da 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 Everything becomes I have to. Um, what I would really love for people to do is to, instead of saying I have to, is to say I get to. So I get to go and train. I get to go to work. I get to go and do this. I get to now go and take the kids to school. I get to because I have to means I have no control. And the mental side of things starts to become harder to manage everything. Whereas when you say I get to, then you've got the control back and you need to remember at any point in time, this is a choice. You choose to work, you choose to train, everything is a choice and you have the control. So for the next week, say I get to, not I have to, and see how that changes the way that your brain thinks about things.
1: Oh, I could already. <laughs> it's such a difference just <laughs> thinking about that now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's something just a simple thing. All of our other tools, you know, with regards to taking extra time in the day and things like that, they all take a bit more of explaining, but that's just a one really simple mental shift that we do with a lot of our clients and when they start to get in a bit of a tease. Yes. <laughs> No, you get to. You choose to train for that marathon. So you get to do this. You know how many people are in a wheelchair who would love to get out and train? They
1: yeah, can't exactly. You get to. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Vanessa. Um, That's now awesome. we'll provide links to the website and, uh, and those things in our show notes. And, uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Absolutely. By the website, our website. Or, yeah, that's right. There's a section there that you can contact us. So uh, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we also have a section there uh, if you go to the website uh, and it's under the Insights tab. And that's basically our blog that we put out every Friday. So that's just a quick little, you know, grab a cup of coffee and and get the latest insights as to what we've found has been working with clients. It's might be our own personal experiences. or um, it also might be a really interesting article that we've read that we didn't read that we didn't write it, um, but it's really interesting and we think it would be useful for our clients. So, um, So really, a really short read every Friday, but definitely very valuable information. So definitely sign up for that blog as well.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Vanessa.
0: Thank you very much. It's been great to be here. Thanks, Dave.
1: So a big thank you to Vanessa Bennett for being an amazing guest on the show this week. You can find out more about Vanessa in the show notes at knightswood.com.au forward slash episode five and at nextevolutionperformance.com. If you like this interview, please share it with a friend. We'd also love you to give us some feedback, so rate the episode on iTunes and tell us what you thought. And if there's a special guest you'd like to hear on the show in future, let us know and we'll do our best to get them on. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Dave Hazelwood, and you've been listening to The Pursuit of Life.
0: Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.